Welcome in to Locked On Knicks, and we are continuing our fantastic trade deadline lead-up coverage with one of our favorite returning guests, the bus driver himself, according to <laughs> Mitchell Robinson, uh, which listen to the end of the show and you'll hear the uh, regurgitated backstory about that. But we have the New York Post, Mark Berman, on the show today. And Gavin, he gave us so much great information leading up to the trade deadline here today. Yeah, we break down all the biggest stories with Mark, right? Uh, The latest on whether Kemba Walker could get dealt, the Knicks' thoughts on Evan Fournier and Julius Randle, and specifically Randle's future with the team. And then Mark goes down the road. Uh, We talk off-season targets for the New York Knicks, uh, whether Jalen Brunson is someone they could target in a trade or sign as a free agency, and what star names the Knicks will be looking out for, and one point guard that might surprise you. All that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. He's tough. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And we want to thank you guys, as always, for making your first us your first listen every day on whether it's your favorite podcast app, which we're on all those, or if you're subscribed to us on YouTube now. We recently hit 1,000 on YouTube. We're so thankful to everybody that has subscribed with us so far. If you haven't checked out YouTube, it's pretty fun. You get to see our beautiful faces. You can see Mark Berman's beautiful face in just a second. Uh, I'm, of course, Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick Sight, the Strickland. He is Gavin Shaw your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And what am I doing? I'm taking way too long, taking away from the Mark Berman time. Let's get right into it with the New York Post's Mark Berman on some trade deadline talk right now. All right, as promised, we are joined by Mark Berman of the New York Post. And Mark, I guess I'll start things off. You know, First off, you're one of our favorite returning guests, one of the beat writers of the team. How has this season been treating you so far? I, it seems like... Luckily, a little more of a return to normalcy this year versus other years. Yeah, well, we're not in the locker room yet. Maybe that will happen next season. But not having to deal with Zoom all the time is a blessing. We're in the interview room. The Knicks PR people can't mute us, so we can ask follow-up questions. And uh, it's, it's halfway there. You know, we need to be in the locker room because still – you know, the problem with the Randall media boycott was if it was a locker room situation, you kind of just go up to him and he's probably not going to walk past us and say, I'm not talking, or maybe he would have. But in this situation, we request two or three players after a game and they only bring us who they want to bring us. And for, I know it was like eight or nine games, there was no Julius Randall. But yeah, from a media perspective, uh, things are getting back to normal. Last season, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly, the two rookies, like they didn't even know 
what we looked like, the beat writers, because on Nick's Zoom, they wouldn't give the video uh, element for some reason. They wanted to do it to be as impersonal as possible. Yeah, just keep you guys as the boogeyman, I guess, you know. <laughs> exactly. We're the enemy in, Nick's, in the Knicks uh, viewpoint. Yeah. Um, well, Mark, uh, we wanted to get into uh, some stuff related to the trade deadline, obviously. Uh, you know, it's the, the biggest thing coming up here for the Knicks, and they're sort of at a crossroads. You know, they, they haven't been playing super well. They have some guys that they just signed somewhat recently. Uh, Randall to his big extension. Evan Fournier, obviously, was the big addition in the offseason. Kemba Walker, uh, but also a lot of young players that are playing really well that you would think that they would want to free up some time for, as well as a guy that I know you've written a bunch about, Cam Reddish, who has not gotten a ton of playing time since coming over to the Knicks in a trade in the first first rounder they've moved since before the Phil Jackson era. So you figure the front office probably wants something to do with Cam Reddish, you know, playing out there any given night. So uh, our first question for you is like, do you think the overarching goal of the team is still to make the playoffs, which obviously was the goal coming into the year? Or do you think that the Reddish deal sort of signals a shift in, in philosophy for the team where maybe now they're they're less fixated on for sure making the playoffs and more trying to just sort of build that future core and, and maybe we'll see that start to shine through as the trade deadline approaches here? Well, the Reddish deal uh, got them another asset. But in terms of making the playoffs – Oh, yeah, they're trying to make the playoffs. At least Tom Thibodeau is gung-ho uh, about the playoffs. And the Reddish deal doesn't really help. It was sort of a la lateral move. Thibodeau didn't see a opening for him. He saw it as a lateral move without removing a rotation player. But the goal of the deadline, I think, is to open up a spot for Cam Reddish and maybe even Miles McBride. I think the number one goal, and I know everyone wants to make this big deal for a point guard, or, you know, a star player, it's going to be tough to do. They may have to wait to the offseason. But they're going to make a move at the deadline. There's no doubt about it. The roster doesn't make sense right now. And Kemba Walker is the guy that they're going to probably deal, uh, ultimately, at the deadline. First of all, it opens up a spot for Reddish, because now you don't have to play Burks at point guard. And now we have Derrick Rose coming back after the All-Star break. So Kemba just doesn't fit in Thibodeau's world. So moving Kemba, even if, if it's for a second-round pick and a bag of balls, I mean, the Knicks are probably going to do it because it opens up a spot so Reddish can play. As as I said, Burks moves to the uh, moves back to a point guard role for a little bit. But in terms of a blockbuster as a Randall-type move, Randall's trade value right now is not that strong. So I cannot see them giving up that asset right now. I think they want to play it out. Listen, if they get overwhelmed, they'll do it. But I think they have to deal with the Randall situation in the offseason. Uh, but, yeah, they'll make a move at the deadline. The Reddish deal is a precursor to uh, another deal, but I just don't know if it's for the blockbuster. Reddish gives them another nice asset to stockpile and to include in a big, big package. But whether that package is coming February 10th, I think it's a long shot. So where do you think the team is at on Julius Randle right now? Because, I mean, I mean to your point, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's highly unlikely he gets traded. It just There isn't really a deal out there that necessarily makes sense. 
But we've almost kind of heard and, and seen mixed things from the Knicks. There have been reports that like they've been taking calls on him. Um, his minutes have gone down ever so slightly the last few games. We're seeing Obi Toppin steadily playing more and more. But obviously, he's still the focal point of the offense. He's still the focal point of this team in, in terms of how it's covered. Um, he's still the one guy on the team consistently capable of generating double teams. But uh, come this offseason, what do you think the Knicks' opinion of Julius Randle will be? And do you still see him potentially as a, a piece of the long-term future? Or do you think his exit is inevitable and it's just sort of a matter of time? Well, tomorrow night they'll announce the reserves for the All-Star game. And Randle almost assuredly won't be part of it. So, you know, management obviously is disappointed. Not only disappointed in how he's performed on the court, but disappointed in how he's handled the adversity. Uh, there's no, nothing worse you can do than, than, you know, razzle the fans like he did. That thumbs down gesture was so ridiculous. And then to explain it the way he explained it and then to have a media boycott. Uh, listen, I think he's in a better place now. He's spoken the last previous two days after the game against Sacramento. And then he spoke again at practice yesterday, but yeah, management's disappointed, but they're hoping he gets out of it. Thibodeau was also disappointed, I'm told, in that he hasn't been able to get him to play in the selfless manner that he did last season when he was an all-star. Uh, I do think Randall's best two months are ahead of him. I think, you know, Sacramento was a good start. He looked decisive. I think Julius is going to be better. I mean, listen, he can't get worse. But I think he's going to be better. I think the Knicks, especially when Rose comes back, I think they could put on a little bit of a playoff push. I still think they could sneak in as a 10th uh, place team for the play-in tournament. I don't think it's possible for them to get the sixth seed. But I think Randall, I think better days are ahead of him. Naturally, for him to get back that three-point shot from last season – I mean, who knows? It's crazy how it works. He went up 10 percentage points, up to 41% from three last season. Now he's down to 31%. I don't know if that's going to reemerge because he's so more so, such a dangerous player when he can knock down that three and teams can't lay off him. But I don't see them trading him February 10th. I think the market value for him is too low. All right, we're going to take our first break. Just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this app, and we know you will too. It's so easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals, and you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix offers a variety of options. Any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds or even steals, and they allow mixed sport entries. So if you want to do something for the Super Bowl, maybe you can do, uh, let's see, uh, over on Joey Burrow touchdowns, and then you know when the Knicks play uh, or whoever's playing on Super Bowl Sunday, because there's always one, you know, you can take the over on the points for someone in an NBA game all on the same day. Great stuff. And PrizePix doesn't just offer NBA. They have options for college basketball, college football, the NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. 
For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. Spoiler alert, that's very easy. But you have to use promo code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available only to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up-and-coming small business, or raising rambunctious twins. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation, and you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need, and if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them, and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. So let me ask you this then, you know, where, where do you think that the team is sitting with him, you know, if it, looking at him as far as a, a long-term piece at this point? Do you think that, because obviously that that contract said, you know, over this past offseason, like we want to commit to this guy long-term. We want to commit to him through his prime. You know, we want to, we want to, you know, have him be the leader of this team and, and the top player that we have here. But <clears throat> his play so far this season and, and, just seemingly like his body language and the way things seem to be going. You mentioned, you know, Tibbs is is maybe looking a little bit like, hey, where's last year's version? You know, like, why, why are you playing so differently this year? How do you think the organization is looking at him long term, even past this deadline? Like, do you think that they yeah. want to wait and see and be patient with him? Or do you think that if they get the right opportunity, they might send him out if, if the time comes maybe to make room for like R.J. Barrett to kind of step in as that top guy on the team at some point? Yeah, well, if he doesn't significantly improve over the next two months, I think he's going to be traded this offseason, whether on draft night or during the free agent period. Uh, They've made this massive commitment to him financially, and they're going to want to get out of it. Uh, They need This team is built around Randall being their superstar right now, and if he does not become better uh, down the stretch – that they're going to look to shop him because then the contract doesn't look good anymore. Listen, they got him for less than the max. The irony is when he signed the contract extension, the whispers to us were, you know, from Julius's people, you know, Julius really loves New York city. He was willing to take less than the max and not test free agency. Uh, so, you know, that was the spin then. Now it's like, he's not worth the max. Uh, if he would, he made the, the smart financial decision by not testing unrestricted free agency this summer. But yeah, listen, the the jury is still out because he had that terrific season last year. But the Knicks management knows it could be a little fluky. Seventy-two game season in empty arenas. It's a different situation when there's eighteen thousand fans and the booze that you have to put up with at the Garden when things aren't going well. It's just a different situation. So. Julius has something to prove if he gets past this deadline, and I think he will. He's got something to prove to management. Where, where do you think the team is at on Evan Fournier? Because, I mean, he was the guy earlier in the season who, even more so than Randall, was sort of considered Nick's main problem. Last 20 to 25 games, though, he's essentially been who he's been his entire career, right? Fantastic shooter, 
solid creator, um, competes defensively, even if he's far from perfect on that end of the floor. Um, and, and I know um, as of even like two weeks ago, someone like Zach Lowe said the Knicks would have to send out assets if they wanted to get off Fournier. Um, I assume after giving him that four-year contract, even with the fourth-year option, there's no real appetite to do that. And just the fact that he's playing better, like are, are they essentially getting or who they expected now and, and do they still see him as a long-term piece? Well, I mean, there was a mixed feeling in the organization uh, when it came to signing Fournier. I've written before that Scott Perry, even though he was with Fournier in Orlando, wanted to make a bigger run at DeMar DeRozan. Uh, but listen, Thibodeau got convinced from his buddy Steve Clifford, who coached him in Orlando, that he's a mentally tough player and, and he'll fit in. But he hasn't been consistent enough. He's sort of the X factor, the wild card. When he's playing well and sinking those three-pointers, much like Reggie Bullock last season, the Knicks usually win the game. But there just has been too many nights where he's disappeared. And the other night in Sacramento is beautiful. I mean, he's hitting every three-point shot. He's playing defense. Everyone's moving the ball. That's why they signed him. But, again, Evan has a lot to prove, too. Yeah, it's a big contract. And, you know, one scout said – I wouldn't want to be that this is before the season started. The scout said to me, he was more uh, like a GM type. He said, I wouldn't want to be the team giving Evan $48, $78 million. But listen, he's a good shooter in a, in a league where three-point shooting is very important. But you got to be a two-way player and a tough player in Tibbs' uh, system. And that's why sometimes he's not in the game in the fourth quarter. So to move along to some other uh, topics related to the trade deadline here, obviously what people love hearing about is guys that the Knicks might be interested in, um, you know, because everybody loves change. Everybody loves to, you know, fantasize about the the trade or whatever that brings someone new to the team and, and all that stuff. So you had mentioned uh, De'Aaron Fox in a recent article. It seemed a little more speculative, more just in relation to his ties to the organization through Scott Perry, who drafted him in his brief stint in Sacramento to uh, Worldwide West, obviously, and the Kentucky connections there. But, you know, in addition to Fox or, or maybe just highlighting Fox, are there any people uh, around the league, any players that you are hearing that the Knicks are interested in uh, and any names that people should be keeping an eye out for as we head towards the trade deadline here? Yeah, well, Fox is definitely a, a, a person of interest. Uh we're talking about, uh, listen, his three-point shooting is really down this year, but he's such a fast-paced guard. Thibodeau really wants to pick up the pace. I know everyone wants to trade Randall for Fox, but does that make you better? I don't know if it makes you better. I think Fox and Randall, uh, that could be a nice pairing. The, the talk the other day, you know, Thibodeau was saying we'd like to be a faster-paced team. That's where we miss Derrick Rose. He picks up the pace. Randall even said, yeah, it would be great to score some easy buckets in transition, and he did so against Sacramento because the defense is just clogging him up. And to get a couple of big uh, fast-break baskets, you know, gets everyone going. So Fox is that type of player. He's definitely available Halliburton is going to be possibly an all-star player uh, and it's sort of a redundancy. So keep an eye on Fox. We've written about Jalen Brunson, who will be an unrestricted free agent. The Knicks don't have cap space, but they could do in the summer a sign and trade with Dallas, which 
I imagine they won't have to give up as many assets as if they trade for him now. Uh, as an unrestricted free agent, Brunson would be a terrific signing. If you don't have to give up a real apps asset, he's a playmaker or old school point guard. And sources say he wants to be here. If he's not going to re-sign with Dallas, he's got obvious ties uh, to this organization with Thibodeau and Leon Rose, his father, the longtime assistant for Thibodeau, and his uh, his father also uh, being the first age uh, first client of Leon Rose. All right, we're going to take our second break. Just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you will want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, and the best part is they're all covered in 100% real chocolate and taste just like a candy bar. So you really don't feel like you're eating a protein bar when you're eating a built Bar. But they only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs compared to a whopping 17 grams of protein, which will help you recover from that workout. That's so much better from a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs to say nothing of all that fat content too. Don't want anything to do with any of that. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Mark, what do, what do you think the plan is for this team to eventually, or I guess let, let me phrase it another way. What do you think the ideal trajectory is for this team, according to the front office? Because obviously in, in the past in New York, it's always been, all right, who's the next big star free agent? And when can they get that guy? And now, I mean, you look at the landscape in terms of guys who could potentially be dealt and upcoming free agents, and there isn't necessarily that obvious name. I mean, people throw out Donovan Mitchell and say he wants to end up in New York, but obviously he still has four years left on his contract. And I, I don't really see a scenario where even, even in a Ben Simmons scenario where he sits out, I, I don't know how Utah would, would let him get away to New York. Um, so what do you think the front office's plan is to have this team make that big next step towards like high level playoff contention, uh, much less championship contention. Is it just someone like RJ Barrett making a big leap? Is it trying to package all those young assets for a star? Um, what, what do you think the best Avenue is for that? Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a, a big package for a star player. And you mentioned a person of interest in Mitchell, Johnny Bryant. We've written a few times the, uh, him and, uh, and Mitchell go, uh, go back to the Utah days and also Johnny Bryant and Damian Lillard go back to the Oakland days when Lillard was growing up. I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Bryant is the next head coach of the Knicks. Obviously Thibodeau did not hire him on his staff, but William Wesley did. But uh, Mitchell Lillard, who knows if Towns, I know Towns said in a magazine interview, he wants to retire a Minnesota Timberwolf and be that player like Tim Duncan who plays his whole career in one city. But I know that Towns would love to be a Nick one day. Listen, the Knicks don't have the cap space anymore. They This summer they decided cap space isn't the end-all and be-all, and you could trade off and, 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 and get the cap space. But it, it's a trade. It's a blockbuster trade. That's why they're so big in getting these extra second-round picks uh, 
when they can to put together a major blockbuster trade, but you hope that Randall and Barrett would be the base, and then you add that third star. And now it's a little different the way Julius has played this year. That's why the organization is a little concerned. Like you had two-thirds of the way to a big three perhaps, and now you're not sure. RJ has had a very strong season. Looks like he could be an all-star, but now Julius has fallen off. And you just that's why we'd love to hear from Leon Rose. And we have not since mid-September, very sadly. <laughs> so to sort of start wrapping things up here, Mark, so we're just over 50 games into this next season. Uh, they're saying three games under 500. Now trade deadline coming up uh, a week from tomorrow. So if you're looking in your crystal ball and and trying to say, you know, this is what I think is going to happen, do you think that the Knicks move – you mentioned Kemba earlier, and I agree. I feel like whether it's a trade or a buyout potentially, or maybe they just keep him and keep him on the bench again. But I feel like his time is more or less up in New York. But if you're looking in your crystal ball, do you see any other guys potentially on the radar – and what do you think the Knicks end up doing by the uh, by four o'clock or whatever it is uh, on next Thursday? Well, there is another point guard that I didn't mention that, you know, I've been told without a doubt is available now. It's Spencer Dinwiddie. And there was a couple of people in the Knicks organization that wanted to make a bigger play for Spencer. At the time, I was told that Spencer wasn't so interested in, in staying in New York. Uh, and... I don't know how the Kemba thing – we still are mystified with all those point guard free agents available how Kemba became the guy. I know Thibodeau wasn't behind that. But uh, Dinwiddie is is not uh, getting along with Bradley Beal. They don't play well together right now. Uh, and Dinwiddie could take pressure off Randall. But, you know, so that's another guy. But, listen, Kemba, I think, is off the team. If they can't trade him February 10th, you mentioned the buyout, big possibility. Listen, Thibodeau yanked him from the rotation. Only reason why he resuscitated his career was because everyone was out with COVID and Rose had ankle surgery. Uh, and I think they're showcasing him now. Honestly, I think he's starting at point guard as a showcase, a little bit of a showcase. Uh, again, I don't see Randall being moved. Uh, I think uh, Kemba will be moved. And maybe Burks will be moved uh, to try to shake things up and, and get a ball handler. But it, it's going to be difficult for the Knicks to make that one blockbuster that we're waiting for from Leon Rose. All right, Mark. Well, we can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, really appreciate it as always. Always a joy to talk to you. And uh, before we send you away, can you just tell everyone uh, where they can find all your work and anything you have upcoming, anything you've done recently that you'd want people to know about. Yeah, well, tomorrow morning, my uh, new Knicks newsletter uh, hits uh, the web and email boxes. And yeah, there'll be some trade deadline stuff. And, uh, you know, that's one new project that we started uh, this season, uh, this, this newsletter. And uh, it's fun to do. And, uh, you know, Real diehard Knicks fans uh, should definitely subscribe. All right. Well, uh, definitely take a look at the at Mark's uh, New York Post newsletter. Mark, thank you so much for popping on. We really appreciate you coming on and, and giving us all this insight prior to the trade deadline. 
And uh, good luck to you, man. And and try to avoid all those Tibbs razzings at the press <laughs> conferences as best you can. You know, I know he's 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 really uh, uh, taking it out on you this year, but you're you're taking yeah, it. Yeah, like it's not just Tibbs, but a couple of players have uh, <laughs> chimed in also. Yes. The uh, Bert Berman, Alex, relax, so relax, much. right? <laughs> yeah, I, Mitchell. Still, when I see him in the hallway, that's all he says to me. Does he, does he still? I gotta know. Does he still call you the bus driver? Yeah, that's another uh, nickname <laughs> where he used to call me in the locker room. He yeah. says I look like a bus driver. I still remember the that. Joke from was that I was the bus driver and I drove the reporters to the game in a bus <laughs> uh, uh, every night. Yeah, we still we still laugh about that story pretty consistently from when you told us that probably like two years ago now. Yeah, right. The, the bus driver story. So thanks so much, Mark. Thank you for coming on, man. Really appreciate the time. And uh, I, we won't be a stranger. Hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Bye, Mark.